0: Welcome to another exciting episode of Patanjali Yoga Sutra Commentaries by respected Dr. Chinmay Pandya. Each episode delves deep into a selected set of sutras, so be sure to follow along and remember to revisit any episode you may have missed. We hope you enjoy and do stay connected with DSVV by following our Instagram, Facebook and Twitter pages using the handle at DSVVOfficial. Pranam from Shantikunj Haridwar, Dev Sanskriti University, India. Let us start with the recitation of the mantra of Gayatri. You all are very really well aware that the purpose of the Gayatri mantra is to help anyone who is walking on the path of yoga, tapasya, adhyatma, spirituality, to reach to the final state of the human consciousness. This is a basic concept in the Indian spiritual traditions that we are here because of our karma, whether we wanted or we didn't want, whether by default or by blessing. We are here because we did the karma which led to the bondage. Bondage led to the circumstances. Circumstances led for one to be born even in this chapter that we are discussing now, Patanjali says the same thing. He says, "Klesha mule karma drishta drishta janma vedniya. That Klesh is responsible for karma, karma is responsible for karma Karmasha are responsible for seen and unseen births and life forms and life experiences. And we can only escape this constant, unwarranted process of uh, taking birth and dying again, and this cycle of birth and death, by developing a self-awareness. Which is what the mantra of Gayatri is asking everyone to do. Self-realization, self-actualization, Atma Sakshatkar, Atma Pratishtha. That is the idea of the Gayatri Mantra. So let us do the Gayatri Mantra together and uh, request the power of Gayatri to take us to the righteous path, the divine and sacred path. Gayatri Mantra together. Dheyo Yonaha prachodaya Pranam and welcome to everyone. We are discussing, analyzing, contemplating upon the second chapter of this most wonderful scripture of Patanjali Yoga Sutra. Second chapter is called Samadhipad, dedicated to the techniques of the yogic path. And it started by giving the descriptions of Kriya Yoga and what does the Kriya Yoga help one to do. And that brought the concentration and attention towards the Kleshas. And once Patanjali defined the kleshas, he also talked about how to destroy them, how to get rid of them permanently. And then he gave the mechanism of how kleshas lead to karma, karma lead to one after another life forms, experiences, jati ayu And then he declared that although it seems like that we are getting the good outcomes out of good karma and bad outcomes out of bad and impure karma, but the truth is that Everything that comes in our life is essentially Dukkha, suffering. And the cause of suffering should be known. And the cause of suffering, he says, is because of the Sanyoga, because of this attachment that we developed with the Drish that surrounds us. We are pure consciousness. He said, Drishta, Drishimatra, Shuddhobe, that we are absolutely pure, divine, unadulterated consciousness. But this thing that he calls as the Sanyoga, Tadatmya, as Bhagavan Krishna is saying in Gita, the attachment, the association, this relationship that we develop with the drishya that surrounds us, that gives birth to the suffering. That is the one that is responsible. And what is responsible for Sanyoga? Tasya hetu avidya. Avidya is the one that is Mainly responsible, she is the sole culprit, she is the primary one. And if you are able to tackle the avidya, then you are able to tackle the sanyoga. He says that if you are able to get rid of avidya, devoid of the avidya, then that leads to the dissociation of the sanyoga, leading to Han. Han is final freedom and that leads to kevalya tadrishah kevalyam and then he says that how would you reach the state of final freedom hanopaya what is the reason process method mechanism to have the han he says that is viveka khyati viveka khyati hanopaya viveka is able to do it and even at that state he says it's not the Last state, even at that state, there are seven different layers to them that he declares is prantabhume pragya, tasya-saptadha, prantabhume pragya. And then he talks about the yoganga and defines the yoga. Then he talks about the yama. And then he says the yama are the sarvabhum maha They are universal, they are non-negotiable, greatest vows. You cannot say no to them. There is no way that a person who is walking on the path of yoga can negotiate with them. You are supposed to follow them regardless of the time, place, circumstances. They are supposed to be followed all times, in all conditions, by all people who are walking on the path of yoga. Then he talks about the niyamas and then he says that yam and niyam together if they are being harassed, if we are being harassed by the vitarkabadne, by the negative kind of thoughts, while trying to pursue the path of yam and niyam, then how to counter them? By taking our attention, by taking our concentration on the opposite kind of thoughts. If there is a thought of anger, try to bring the compassion. And he says, it's not easy. But if you are able to remember that the karma that I am doing, if I are able to focus my attention on the consequences of my action rather than the action itself, if I am able to analyze it from the perspective that what I am doing right now, what it would lead to, then I would be able to change it. Then it would be possible to alter, modify, embellish it. But without that, it would be impossible to do so. He said that, Only if a person, say for example, he has got diabetes or she has got diabetes and they are about to eat something very sweet and if they are able to bring their focus that it would lead to the raised plasma, glucose, blood sugar and then I would have problem, then immediately you are able to restrain yourself. You are able to discipline yourself and that discipline, yam and niyam, can only come if one is able to Uh, Focus on the counter-thoughts, pratipakshabhavanam. Now, now Padanjali says, okay, fine. If you are able to walk on the path of yama and niyam, what would you get in return? What is the outcome? What is the reason for one to follow the process of yama? And what is the reason for one to follow the path of niyam? So then he talks about them one by one. We reach to the verse number 34. In the last uh, sitting, now we will start from the verse number thirty-five of the chapter two. <coughs> so he says, first yam, if you remember, was ahinsa. So he says ahinsa, ahinsa pratisthayam, tan sannidhau vairatyaga. That ahinsa ahinsa non-violence, pratisthayam means established. Tat sannidho means, tat means that person, sannidho means proximity. Sanid is the word that comes, which means close to that person. Vair is like animosity, hostility, enmity about someone. And tyag means abandon. So, literally what Patanjali is saying is that in the proximity of the person who is able to be firmly established in ahimsa. everyone abandons their animosity, hostility. That the moment they are close to that person, they are devoid of their anger towards each other. And everyone, Vyas gives the definition, sarva bhavate, that it happens to every single being. It's not like that I am able to only develop compassion for a dog, but not for a lion. He says they both. If they are close to such a yogi, if they are close to such a person who is firmly seated in ahimsa, then any, any being that comes close to that one, he immediately becomes docile, calm. The anger from that person is completely gone. Because, now at this stage, the calmness of inside of the yogi, it starts to pervade out. It starts to change the environment that surrounds him. The surrounding environment, it starts to change accordingly. In, in Sanskrit and Hindi, we have got two different words. Paryavaran and Vatavaran. Paryavaran is called to the one that you can see, like the atmosphere, like the climate, They are the ones that could be seen and they could also be felt like, you know, if the monsoon would come, you would be able to see it. If the sun is there, if uh, it's a sunny day, then you would be able to see. If it's a cloudy day, then also you would be able to see. So, that is Paryavarada. That uh, circle of the energy that one can see is Paryavarada. But then there is also another circle of energy that you cannot see, but you can perceive, you can feel. That is vatavarana. And that vatavarana that is subtly there, that one can only feel. You go to a certain place and you feel a very different kind of energy. You talk to a certain person, you feel a different kind of energy. You go to a particular place and situation, there is a different energy. This energy changes person to person. It changes place to place. This is called vatavarana. You sit Like, you know, next to the Himalayas, Ganga is flowing. There is a very different kind of energy. And you go to a place where there had been atrocities, people were killing each other. There is a very different kind of energy. And this uh, change in the environment is depending upon the energy that flows from the people there. If they are filled with positive vibrations, vibes, you get the same. And if they are filled with negative, you get the same. I remember when we used to go close to Gurudev. There was so much, like you know, it's like being next to a radiating sun. There were no thoughts. The questions were gone. The inside uh, distractions and any kind of disturbances they used to calm down. It was absolutely calm, like a sea. There was a very different environment. It was like being in a different kind of dimension altogether. And then you are in a place where the energy is different. You feel different. So this is what the Patanjali is saying. He is saying that the person who is formally established in ahimsa, he starts to change the environment all around and even the enemy animals which are absolutely enemy to each other if they come there they lose their hostility. Not only animals but human beings. Not only human beings but the beings that you cannot see. Like devutas and rakshas, like you know, gods and demons, they also lose their hostility towards each other and they feel the calmness. They immediately change. Uh, There is, like you know, if you look closely in the picture of Lord Shiva's family, uh, Lord Shiva is sitting, then next to him is Nandi sitting, Nandi is an ox, and then uh, Masati is sitting. Feminine power is sitting And her vehicle is lion So normally lion would eat the ox But here they both are sitting calmly Then Ganeshi is there And Lord Ganesha's vehicle is mouse And then opposite to him is the Karthike sitting his brother And Karthike's vehicle is peacock And But there is also a snake in the neck of Lord Shiva Normally peacock would eat the snake but they are sitting calmly in the presence, in the proximity of the one who has reached to the ultimate state of ahimsa, people of opposite nature, they change. They change. That's why the stories are there. The Valmiki Ramayana starts with this notion that in the presence of such great yogis and tapaswis and rishis and sages and seers, the animals they used to change their feeling towards each other you may remember the story of the snake called Chand Kaushik who became absolutely nonviolent the moment he came in contact of mahavir uh, the jain tirthankar he became so docile he became calm he decided to follow the path of the Pasyar. whether the story is uh, true or not the message is very true message is that in the presence of somebody who has reached to the greatest height of ahimsa the Person who has got the most negative energy, they change towards being a positive one. That's why Lord Buddha. You remember the story that his cousin Devadatta he tried to kill Lord Buddha. So he had asked, like you know, a mad elephant to run towards the place where Lord Buddha was doing the meditation. The name of the elephant was Nalagiri, and he was so he had already killed so many people. And the moment he came in the close proximity of Lord Buddha. He became calm, seated there, like like a pet dog. He became like that because the aura that surrounded Buddha was full of so much of piety and calmness and stability that it affected the mindset of the person who was there. Tatsannidhau vairatyagah The moment you come in proximity of that person, the hostility, anger and aggression, they are gone and only calmness is left so patanjali says if the true ahimsa is established true ahimsa not a fake one true ahimsa is established then ahimsa pratisthayam tat sannadho abandonment of the hostility takes place in all beings so this is the 35th verse where he says what is the outcome of following the path of ahimsa this then comes the second one, Satya, Satya Pratishthayam kriyafal Ashrayantam. He says that Satya, Satya is truthfulness, but in Indian wisdom tradition, it's not only speaking truth, it's about being true. It's not only about speaking like you know true sentences, but it's also about being true, it's authenticity of the person that we are talking about that inside and outside are the same there is not even a slightest change in his personality from in to the out they both are the same he becomes like a mirror there is nothing to hide nothing to like you know not to talk about everything is there so if that kind of life is followed satya pratisthaya one who is truly seated in the truthfulness. Kriyafal, fruition of the action, ashrayantam, he develops the power. So, the one who is truly seated in the state of the satya, he develops the power of turning action into fruition. What does it mean? It means whatever he would say, would turn out to be true. Nobody would be able to change it. And it is a very unique quality. Even if other person has not done that, it would happen. Even if other person did not have that, that kind of karma to happen, the blessing of this person would turn that to happen. This is a great quality to have. There is a beautiful word that Vyas uses in giving the commentary. He says, bhavate, That his speech becomes invariably variably precise world may have to change but if he has said it then it would turn out to be true there is no way that it would not turn out to be true there was a great saint in india called samarth guru ramdas and samarth guru ramdas once went to trembakeshwar uh, famous like you know the teerth in india and he went there and at that famous pilgrim place one lady came to take his blessings so the moment she, she like you know touched his feet, and he said, "Dashputrad bhavat," like you know, "we you would have ten sons." Lady said, "Sorry, like you know, I am my husband has just died. I just came to take your blessing. My husband is already dead." He said, "No, if I said it, then it would turn out to be true, because I said it." So they went home, and that person came back from the death, became alive, gave birth to ten sons. And the same clan and lineage is still called as Dashputrad. That's the same family is still continuing. Because came out of the mouth of Samartha Guru, there was no way that this would not happen. Their voice becomes an absolute notion. Tell you a personal story. I was small, young, Gurudev. I had some small injury, I was applying an ointment, and Gurudev said, "We'll make you a doctor, send you to London." I said, "Like you know, I did not have such intention." He said, "But now I said it, and I cannot change it." And it happened exactly in the same manner. Everything turned out in the same manner for it to happen in the same manner. Even if I took the different path, I took the path of physics, chemistry, mathematics, like you know, in India, you. Take that path, you become an engineer, and still all the rules change, and eventually this is what happened. And not one story. There are like thousands of stories of Gurudev, where whatever he said, eventually the same thing happened. Next day or the day after. The same precise thing happened because it came out of his mouth. So this is what the Patanjali is saying, that in this state, when Yogi reaches to the truthfulness, the height of truthfulness, then he develops the power where whatever he would say it would become infallible there is no chance for it to fail it would happen even if everything else would have to change it would change but then what he has said the world would develop evolve accordingly because their voice has become the verdict now whatever came out of their mouth is the final truth about it. So first, ahinsa pratisthayam, tat sannedho vairatyagya, 35th verse. Satya pratisthayam, kriya phalashyantam. This is the 36th verse. Comes the 37th verse, and he talks about asteya. He says asteya pratisthayam, sarvratna upasthanam. That if person becomes firmly seated in Asteya, then all sarva ratna, sarva means all ratna means jewel, upasthanam means present themselves. All kinds of jewels they present themselves to this man who has been formally established in asteya. And this is a beautiful way to say something very important. Aste is normally translated by the people as not stealing. That's very superficial. It's just not stealing. Many people are not stealing. They are not yogis. You would find many people. You would go and ask people. How many people are there who have done, who have committed uh, like you know a crime and have been to the prison? Very few. Like you know in your neighborhood and other places, you would find many, very, very, very few people. Not stealing is not a quality, not having a desire to think about any other person's anything is the quality. Aste does not mean achore. It doesn't mean not, not being a thief. It means the person who has got absolutely no desire, he has got desireless mind. We, have, we are walking on the street and then we see somebody going in a very nice car and immediately a desire comes, I should have that car. We see somebody walking on with a very nice phone, immediately a desire comes to have that phone, to have that dress, to have a company of that person, to have that kind of food, to have that. They all, as per Padanjali, are stealing. Even if we are not having it, but we are developing a desire to have it. Only difference is that our desires are not turning into action. But we have the desire. We have this kind of trishna. We have got this kind of... uh, feeling in the mind that that should be mine, only the opportunity isn't there, but we have the desire that the that thing should belong to me. He said not having that. And if you have that kind of feeling, then automatically all the jewels of the world, they have got no reason to hide, they will present themselves. And here, Ratna not only means like, you know, jewels like diamonds and, and rubies, it means Utkrishta vastuho, he says, in any kind of species, in any kind of category and class, whichever is the finest, that thing, being or object presents themselves to the yogi. Because they know that here they would be safe. He is not looking at them with an eye of his stealing. He has found himself so nothing is left for him to steal anymore it is like you know to have this quality where person has got absolutely desireless mind and in that situation the person becomes so contented within in the second chapter 56 verse when lord krishna is giving the definition of yoga then uh, krishna asks that what kind of person that, that would be? So, he says, Prajahita hiya kaman, kamaan sarvaan parthmanugatana tushta pragyastha The person who has got the balanced level of intelligence, he is contented within. He says, like the trees, their leaves are fallen and then they are never bothered to pick them back. Same like this person, his desires are fallen and he is not even bothered to pick them up. He has become calm, contented, and self-sufficient. He is happy just by being with himself. That is the state of Aste. And to such people, the jewels automatically present themselves. There are two interesting stories in this respect. One is of Swami Vivekananda. He went to his, uh, one of his friends who was the king and king was doing a digging because they somebody has said that there is the this is the place where like you know jewel would be there so vivekananda said that search there in that particular place and when they started to do it immediately they found he said oh we all like nobody said that it would be in that direction he said i could see that it is there yogis they are able to see beyond what we are able to see and also the notion that if you reach to a state when you don't want anything, you have got everything, you are in a state of self-contentment, then automatically everything else that starts to become available to you. In Hindi, a saying is there. I think it would be difficult to translate in English. Bin mange moti mile, mile na That if a person is not searching for it, jewels appear to him. And if you are trying to search, if you have got more desperation, more and more desperation, then Even two rupees become difficult. If you are not looking for it, it becomes easy. It's like the story of the famous yogi called Shukadeva. So Shukadeva, he was going and his clothes were fallen. So he forgot like, you know, even because for him, the body did not make any difference, so he was going. And he forgot that my clothes are gone, absolutely naked. And there were some women taking the shower. He passed through them, but they were not even bothered. His father was the great being, uh, Sage Vyas, and Sage Vyas thought, "Oh, my son is going like this, and and like you know, I should cover him." So he ran with a blanket to cover him, so that like you know, he could have the clothes. And the moment he ran, all the women who were taking the shower they tried to hide themselves. So he became angry. He said, "My son went absolutely naked, and you said nothing. And now I am going with a blanket, and you are worrying." So, they said, that's why we are worried because he did not even notice that we were here. For him, we and the trees made no difference. He passed like there was no one. And you can see, that's why you are running with a blanket. So, for somebody who has reached to the ultimate state where no differentiations are left, everything, every valuable thing starts to present themselves. So, Padanjali says, Aste Pratishthayaam Sarva Ratna Upasthanam What happens if you follow the Brahmacharya? He says Brahmacharya Pratishthayaam Veerilabha The person develops a radiance, the vivacity, the greatest kind of power. Physical power, mental power, emotional power, he develops all kinds of power where he becomes so strong that his determination is the ultimate, it's the final. There are like you know stories of the people who developed a strong physical power, but then it doesn't only depend upon the physical power. People also develop such a strong kind of determination that they know if they are taking a path, then there is no way that it could be stopped, and that happens by following or becoming formally established in brahmacharya. So he says, I repeat, ahinsa pratisthayam tath vairatyaga. Person who reaches to the ultimate state of Ahinsya, any being that come in close proximity, he loses the hostility towards other people, other beings, other species. And with Satya, he develops a power to turn action into fruition. If he had said it, it would turn out to be true. With aste, all kinds of jewels, they start to present themselves. All kinds of finest things, they start to present themselves. And with Brahmacharya comes the Veerilabhaha, where he says virya Shakti Vishesha, it's a special kind of power. Many people can have power, bodybuilders have got power, wrestlers have got power, strong men have got the power. They may not have the mental power. They may not have the determination that if I change, think of changing the world tomorrow, then it would start to happen like that, like Gurudev. Gurudev used to make a yojana used to make a plan in the morning and by the afternoon all the resources for that used to come by themselves it's not like only a thought it's just like a it's a already implemented execution so that kind of power comes from brahmacharya and then he says that aparigraha aparigraha is tharyya, janma kathanta that if aparigraha becomes uh, stable, firmly established, then that person develops the power of knowing all his previous life forms and future ones also, if there would be one. So he knows all of them from where I came and what is my destination. All this information becomes available to him on his fingertip. He is aware of every single movement that he did. In this journey of the life. Question comes, how is that related to upperigrah? All other seems to make sense that fine, if somebody is not following a path of violence and people are not not becoming violent. If somebody is like, you know, following a path of truthfulness, then he his voice becomes so much authentic that you can relate to a little. How come upperigra is leading to an understanding of the Janma? It's because he is not a parigraha. parigraha means accumulation. A means not accumulating. He is not accumulating anything. He is not bothered about gathering anything. He has got no saving. And as he has got no saving, he also has got no saving of the sanskars. He is not even saving the sanskars. He has got a for sanskars also because sanskars are gone. Now I can see everything, all the information is available to me. Whatever is there, the Janmu that were there before, Janmu they are there now, Janma they would be after, life forms before, after, and future, they become available. So Patanjali talks about five yamas. He says they each, if reaching to the final state, if reaching to the penultimate state, can give birth to these kind of special abilities. Then comes the niyamaz. He says, Shauchat, Sva-ang jugupsa, Pareh asansarga That if you follow shauch, shuchita, cleanliness, Sva-ang, Sva means self, Ang means organs. Jugupsa, I would translate, because jugupsa, many people have described as hatred. But why would yogi have hatred? Why would he develop any kind of anger towards his own body? That's not the right translation. Paraya sansarga. Others, asansarga means no desire for their company. So, let's try to bring it together. If a person becomes absolutely seated in the shauj, in the shuchita, in the cleanliness, and we are only talking about the external cleanliness, you remember when we talked about the Nimas, then we said that the Shuchita that he refers to is not only the external but also internal. It's not only about cleaning the body but also about cleaning the inside. So, this time he's talking about the Bahe Shauj, the external purification. So, he says if you are able to do that, then what happens? So Soanga Jugupsa. Jugupsa is the one that needs some detailed understanding. Jugupsa, many people have translated as hatred or distaste or like you know dislike. But all of them, even if they are negative terms, they are coming with an idea that he may have uh, an unbalanced mindset. If I have got hatred or love, they both are two different kind of poles. I am not in the center. Jugupsa literally would mean like, you know, there are three kinds of approaches in the life There are people who are absolutely obsessed with their body They looking themselves in the mirror all the time What kind of dress I am wearing, what kind of shoes I have got, how, what is my appearance like There are people like that, they are absolutely obsessed with their body Then there is another pole also, where people are absolutely hating their body. They are not eating, they are like, you know, keeping one hand raised, they are keeping one leg raised, they are on the other side of the extreme. There are this side of extreme where people are thinking nothing but the body. Then there are people who are trying to do everything to not to think about the body, but again thinking about the body. And then there is the third category, where whether body is there, in whichever condition, they become immaterial. For them, It is regardless of it, whether you give it a gold crown or you beat it, both are the same, makes no difference. There is a famous story of a a saint who, like you know, for various reasons, was given um, by the king of that particular kingdom. He gave the punishment that he should die. By people pelting stones on him, most cruel and brutal death anyone could have. And every time people were throwing stones on him, he was laughing and smiling. And everyone looked at his disciple. His name was Junaid. His disciple was called Mansur. So they looked at Mansur. That why Mansur is not throwing anything. So Mansur, out of peer pressure. He plucked a flower and then he threw it at a at The moment he hit the junnah, junna started to cry. So he said, what? Everyone is throwing stones and then you are laughing. And then I am throwing a flower and you are crying. That's the reason I am crying. He said, you lived with me for 30 years. And you still could not understand that for me, both stone and flower are the same. Why would a stone make me worry and why would a flower make me happy? You still are confused that I, this thing would make me happy. Both are the same. So, that kind of ambivalence the person develops, where whether you get respect or rejection, they both are the same. So, he says, So, Anguj Gupta, no particular attachment for the body, own body, and equally no particular desire to have company of others. There is company, fine. There is no company, is equally fine. There are people that surround him fine, there are people who are not there equally fine Buddha was equally contented alone and he was equally contented in thousands of people Gurudev had such a big following that there were like thousands of people queuing up to see him Every day, every morning and equally he was sitting in the Himalayas alone, no problem So they are same in both extremes he says, And then, he also talks about the antaric shauch. If you develop the inner purification, then what happens? He said, if you develop the inner purification, then comes the verse after. And he says, And he says, He says, if you develop the inner purification, then person develops sattva-shuddhi. He develops the clarity of the mind. Buddhi is intelligence. And intelligence has got affection or like, you know, it is being affected by three different gunas of the prakriti. Normally, we are in a state of raja. Always, it's trying to make plan, do something. It's in a doing mode. Or it can be in a very depressive mode also in Tama. But when the Sat is there, then there is a feeling of light and bliss and clarity. There is no confusion, no conflict. There is no argument. There is no question. There is no query. There is no kind of distraction and disturbances taking place. So he reaches to a state with the inner purification of Sat It becomes clear, blissful mind. Somanas- and they are all interrelated if you develop a clear mind then what would come inner happiness someone has says inner happiness inner happiness means that person is happy regardless of the circumstances for other people it may be the case for other people may be happy if they have got like you know a particular kind of job particular kind of person with them particular kind of situation surrounding them is happy regardless He is happy if he is sitting in a mansion, he is happy if he is sitting in a hut, no greater difference. So, clarity of mind leading to cheerfulness, the inner happiness. And if you are happy inside, you develop concentration. Just see a simple thing, if you have got so many worries in your life, are you able to concentrate? You are not able to concentrate. Concentration comes only if mind is clear. So, clear mind leads to the in- cheerfulness, cheerfulness leads to the concentration. Concentration leads to jaya. It leads to a victory over the senses. Senses are not directing us what to live my life. I am directing senses what to do. Normally, senses have taken the victory over me. My eyes are going whichever direction they are taking them. I am hearing whatever my ears want to hear. There may be something important going on, but my ears want to hear what is going on in the corridor. So, they are going in that direction. There may be something very important that I am trying to read, but they are going in another direction. No. So, Indriya Ajaya. develop the victory over the senses. And that leads to something very important, Atma Darshan Yogyata. It develops an eligibility to help self-realization. Self-realization you have every small thing in the life and there is eligibility for it. You apply for a job in the university, you need to be eligible for it. You even apply for a student to be in university, you need to be eligible for it. You apply for a, for a train journey, you need to be eligible for it. And everything in this world has got eligibility for it. You need to pass a certain criteria to be there. And patanjali says, how can you have the self-realization which is the biggest task in this world without any eligibility. Then you develop the eligibility. Once we have done the outer and inner purification, then you develop an eligibility to have the self-actualization. So, Then comes santosha. Santosh, he says, santoshat anuttam sukhalabha. There could be no greater happiness than that. Santoshat, from santosh. Anuttam, nothing greater, bigger, finer than that. Sukh, happiness. Labha, benefit. The person who develops santosh, he develops a happiness that nothing in this world can give. It is bigger than any possible treasure. There is a saying that comes in Upanishad. He says that, the biggest treasure of this world is like a sand grain in front of the happiness that comes by getting rid of the desires. If there is no desire left, then fine, then nothing. Imagine for a second, all of you are listening, imagine for a second that your mind is free of any desire. There is nothing taking place. There is no craving, there is no impulse, there is no urging that is taking place inside. How calm that feeling is. So he says, Santoshat Anuttam Sukhlaavah It gives the happiness that is beyond description. This is the final, this is the most ultimate one. And then comes the tap. He says, Kayendra Siddhe Ashuddhi Tapsah Tap leads to Ashuddhi Chhaya. It leads to the impu- removal of the impurities. And that leads to kaya indriya Siddhe. Kaya means body, Indri means senses, siddhi means complete control. So, he says, what he is saying in this verse, he says that with tapasya comes the removal of the impurities which lead to a complete control, absolute control over the body and the senses. Body and senses are two different things. We seem to think that they are one. They are not. They are two different things. Body is the one that I am wearing and indriyas are the one they are guiding them. So, he says senses are the one that take control. They are giving the control, hearing, seeing, touching, all the smell. They are the ones which are giving me a purview of the world. They are the bridge between me and the body and body in the society. So, he says that you develop an absolute control if you are able to do the tapasya, because that does the graded purification. Even in the yogic shatkarma prakriya, this is what you are doing. You are removing the uh, mal of the nadis. You are removing the impurities of the nadi when you are doing the shatkarma. This is why the neti, dhoti, vasti, all these kriyas are there. They are there to remove. But then, inner purification also is needed and then once you have done those purifications, then the body becomes ready for tapasya. Then tapasya would give birth to an absolute control of the body and senses. And after tapa comes to swadhyaya. He says, swadhyaya ishta devata That if you are able to do swadhyaya rightly, then you come in direct person with the deity the one that you are following. So, if you are following a path of Brahma, then you come in direct contact of the Brahma. If you are following the path of the bhakti of Lord Ram or Lord Krishna, you become, you know, you are in front of them. Or the same with the Christ or same with any other tradition of the world. Whichever one you are following, you come in direct contact with the deity of your attention and devotion. The one that is subject to my devotion, it comes in direct contact. And then comes the last verse of today. He says, Samadhi Siddhi Ishwar Panidhanat. That with Ishwar Panidhan comes the eligibility of the Samadhi. Now, if you have made yourself, you know, dedicated enough to reach to this state, then you become eligible for samadhi. Mm, You haven't got the samadhi, but you have declared your eligibility to enter into the class where samadhi would be taught. People think, oh no, no, many people have got the misconception. They think, okay, just because we are sitting with our eyes closed for half an hour, means we have got samadhi. Long way to go. Sorry to spoil your excitement, but long way to go. Long way to go, because only by reaching here, we have only declared our eligibility, our commitment to enter into the class of Samadhi. Not to get the Samadhi, but enter into the class. So today we finish it here. He talked about yam, Niyam and their outcomes. And then tomorrow we will talk about the remaining of the Ashtanga Yoga. So we have finished Yam and Niyam. Now we have got other ones to cover. Asana, Pradayam, Pattehar, Dharana, Dhyana, Samadhi. So thanks for patiently listening. We end by Shantipat. Om deo Shanti hai prithave hai Shanti roshadhaya Shanti rauṣadhayaha Shanti hai vanaspatayaha Shanti ravishwedevaha Shanti brahma Shanti sarvagvam Shanti Shanti Reva Shanti Sama Shanti Re Om Shante 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 He, Shanti Bhavatu. हमारे YouTube चैनल शांतिकुंजक वीडियो गायत्री परिवार को सब्सक्राइब करें एवं बेल आइकन जरूर दबाएं ताकि गायत्री परिवार की विभिन्न गतिविधियों की जानकारी आपको मिलती रहे।